0: All right, so we're making our way through, we're week two of New Testament now, Um, talking about the early church, which, what book do we go to for the early church? Acts. Acts. Yeah, just one book, it's not, you know, seven post-exilic prophets, thank goodness that was rough. Um, So last week, when we talked about the Gospels, I kind of framed it with this big idea of the King has come, right, the King is here, but Jesus is this unexpected yet expected king, right? He's fulfillment of lots of expectations. He's the actual true son of God. But as king, he rules not with, you know, the way we might think of power and authority, but with gentleness and grace. He brings life and forgiveness to people. And actually his greatest act of power was submitting himself to be killed, submitting himself to death, but then rising again. And so, if the, if the gospel's message is the king is here, the kingdom is here, right, then Acts is the story of the kingdom advancing, right? Uh, so, so, let me show you this in, in scripture here. Go to Acts 1 6 to start out with. Acts 1 6. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. You good? Acts one, verse six, and somebody's going to read verses six through nine for me. How about the cup champion, go ahead. Uh, Acts one six. So beginning of the New Testament, you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then you got Acts. You've went too far. Turn back. Where are we at? Keep going forward or backwards. Farther back? Farther back? You're in the Acts? Sure. Okay, I get it. Now we got numbers. <laughs> Books are hard, numbers are slightly less hard. <laughs> numbers are theoretically easy. Um, all right, so Acts chapter 1, verse 6. This is the very introduction. Um, basically Luke saying, Hey, this is part two. Oh, Theophilus, the guy that's writing most excellent Theophilus, but nobody knows Bill and Ted. So I can't make a joke there. Um, and the disciples are all gathered together and Jesus is talking to them. Uh, so we'll pick up Acts one verse six. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things as they were looking on, they he was lifted up, and the cloud took him out of their sight. Alright. So yeah, Jesus rises from the dead. Oh I have it up there. Um, And and the disciples don't quite understand what to think, right? Because Jesus has proclaimed he's the king. He said that over and over and over again. He died because he said that over and over and over again. So he dies, he comes back to life, and they're like, okay, this guy's the real deal. Kingdom now? Like, is it happening? You're going to get Rome out of here? You're going to restore everything that we lost in the exile? We have a good king? unlike those couple hundred years of terrible kings that we had? Are are you going to set up the kingdom? right, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Take your throne. Let's go. Let's do this. We love the kingdom. But they were thinking that Jesus was going to rule like David, And Jesus has a more unexpected rule. He says, I'm going to rule over my kingdom, but not as an earthly king. I'm going up to heaven. I'm going to take my throne there at the Father's right hand. And I'm going to rule in a different way. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And through his power, you're going to go out. You're going to tell people what you know and what you've seen and experienced. And in all the world, my kingdom is going to invade and succeed. Um, so, so Acts 1, it kind of gets this outline of how the book's going to work. And if I had to summarize Acts, you know, in a sentence, it would be this. King Jesus advances his kingdom through proclamation to the entire world by the power of the Holy Spirit. Right, you see it in these couple of verses. So King Jesus advances his kingdom um, by proclamation, because you're going to be my witnesses, you're going to tell people, in all the world, in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, right there in verses 7 and 8. I mean, he, King Jesus, that yeah, kingdom. Um, and, and so that, that's just what we want to walk through tonight. Three easy points. Proclamation to the world. By the power of the Holy Spirit. So, so, the book of Acts, the early church, the focus of everything is on proclamation. Uh, what do I mean by proclamation? Let's just make sure we know, know words. Chloe, you got an idea? I kind of see, like, the Okay, yeah. Proclaim. Um, so, what's proclaiming all about? Yeah, announcing, telling, speaking, preaching, writing, using words to describe what's going on. Um, so all throughout Acts, like you have 28 chapters here. We have 10 sermons written out. Some of them are chapter long. Some of them are a couple second sentence quotes and summaries. Um, but then you also have, what was that? Sorry. Oh. Uh, also showing. Sh- what? Showing? showing? Oh, yeah, proclaiming, showing with actions, absolutely. Um, so you have like ten actual quotes of sermons, then you have thirty like summaries. After they preached, they went and they went to crack a barrel or whatever. Usually they baptized like three thousand or tried to be killed. Um, and the reason that we have so much preaching in the book of Acts is because the message itself about Jesus holds power to expand the kingdom. that's how people are brought. In it's through proclamation, it's through preaching, it's through evangelism, whatever you want to say. So so you have, you know, Peter preaching, Paul preaching, um Philip preaching, you have Stephen preaching, you have all of these guys out telling the message, people hear and they get saved. Um, and even like you read act anybody read Acts recently? It's not, not really. It's been been a while. You've heard the stories, but you haven't been in junior church for a minute. That's fine. Uh, you you have like all the cool miracle stories in Acts too, right? Paul's preaching. He goes late. Kid falls asleep, sitting on the windowsill falls out, dies. Don't sleep during sermons is the moral of that. No, like then Paul goes out and he like raises kid. He's like, hey, you, the kiss. Come on, we're not done with the sermon. You don't get to die in the middle of this. Come back and listen, right? Uh, you have casting out the demons. You have people being healed. You have um, even, like, the apostles' handkerchiefs healing people. Uh, you have the gifts of tongues and, and all sorts of miracles. But the miracles are existing to point to the message of, you know, some random guy, like, somebody busts in the door and it's like, Hey, I see you're doing church. Jesus isn't the guy, right? Let me tell you about... Hank. Hank is the Messiah, and you should all forsake everything you're doing now and worship Hank. Like, who is this guy? Like, Tim, can you get him out, get him out of here? But then the, the, the guy starts, you know, doing miracles and whatnot, and you're like, okay, I thought you were like crazy random guy wandering into the church, but like, you did just raise a dead guy, Maybe there's something to this. Maybe I should listen to you and worship Hank um, don't recommend worshiping hank but but the miracles existed, so it 's like, hey, look at what they're saying there's power here. Pay attention to the message and I mean that's what Jesus said to do He, he said, the way my kingdom's going to advance is you guys disciples you're going to be my witnesses. go tell people about what you've experienced with me. Um so so what is the message that they're telling? Well we're gonna go over to Acts five. Just stay in Acts because that's where we're at. Acts five twenty nine is one of the shorter sermons that we have. It's like three verses. Um so Peter is preaching and they tell him to stop and he won't. So they throw him in prison. And God lets him out of prison, and he goes back and he starts preaching again. So they arrest him. They bring him before the council, and when he's before the council, he starts preaching again um, because some people just don't shut up. I I get that completely. Um, and he says this in Acts five. Who wants to read for me, over here, Acts, Acts five twenty nine through thirty two. Okay. So so the, he's at the in front of the council, and oh, chapter five. yep. Forgiveness of sins, and we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. All right, so we got you know three sentence summary of the sermon sermon that was preached before the council. What are some of the themes that that are in the message? This is a good example because it's short. Chloe has something. Okay. Where do you see that? Uh, 32. 32. Yeah. So, hey, we, we've seen these things. We have this idea of we're witnesses. There's, we're not just making this up. We've seen it ourselves. What else do we see here? Yeah. So, God, I mean, we must obey God rather than, man, we've got to do what God says is right. So, if God and your own opinions are butting heads, God's going to win out. What else do we see? Okay, forgiveness. Yep, forgiveness of sins. which just goes hand in hand with repentance, right? You turn from your sins and you're forgiven for, of them. What else, what else is the focus of the message? I feel like we're missing the easy answer here oh, the resurrection. i mean yeah the resurrection's good i'm, I'm looking for jesus <laughs> but um yeah jesus was raised from the dead um or what was he raised from Let, let's not give that away why was jesus raised Yeah, why why do we have a focus on the resurrection? This isn't a trick question. I mean, yeah, I'm looking for because he was dead, right? Like you killed him. You killed Jesus. I don't like confrontation. Like I'm I'm not a confrontational person. I want to be like, "You know, like I I see what you're saying, but Maybe if we consider, I'm, I'm like, nah, I'm super passive like that. But it's like, no, you remember Jesus, you killed him and Jesus, and God raised him up from the dead and now you should worship the guy you killed. Like, it's just kind of in your face. The, the message that's proclaimed all throughout the early church can be boiled down to this. You're sinners and you killed Jesus, but God raised him up and now If you turn to the one you killed, if you have repentance, you can have forgiveness of your sins. We saw this. We're going to obey God because of this. But the message is Jesus died and rose again and now repent and believe in his name. Um, I mean, sometimes you have more than that in sermons. Sometimes it starts with creation and kind of walks through the history of the world. Um, Sometimes it talks about Jesus' life. Here it doesn't. Uh, I think Nine out of ten sermons in Acts mention Jesus' death. They all mention his resurrection though that's that's a focus that Jesus isn't dead, that Jesus is alive um, and And the fact that the early church grew through proclamation is still really essential, right because as part of Jesus's church, we still care about the message, right? There's still priority on preaching and teaching and speaking the message, which is why when we come to youth group, we spend, you know, 20 minutes grabbing styrofoam cups, blowing toilet paper on people in office chairs. And then we spend, you know, 45 minutes or something in the Bible talking about scripture, because Jesus wants the word, teaching, witnessing, prioritized in his kingdom. So, I mean, some things are different from the book of Acts. Like you read Acts and it's kind of like, um, what? It's, it's, the, it's the changing of the season, the changing of ages. It's like, I want to use like tectonics, but that's probably not a helpful illustration, right? You know, when when the earth... when do we believe in Pangaea? You can be a Christian and do that, right? We're, we're cool with that. I don't want to show my cards here. Um, you know, when, 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 when continents start moving and tectonic plates are all shifting, like you get earthquakes and you get crazy things. You just have the ground opening up and swallowing people. Um, That's what an earthquake is. is. Um, and things are a little bit crazy as ages are shifting around. And then they settle and things are the same. Um, So when you're reading Acts, sometimes there's crazy things happening. You're not seeing lots of people being resurrected from the dead when they fall out of windows nowadays. Um, You're not seeing speaking in tongues nowadays. But some things are the same. And one of the things that's the same is that we should value preaching. Like God wants us to know him through a book, through words. So like we value that. Um, I mean, Christianity is more than preaching. We shouldn't just reduce it like, oh, if I sit through a sermon, if I listen to a podcast, then like that's all that... Chris- Look, that's not all that Christianity is. There's more than that. But the way that Jesus wants his kingdom to grow, to mature, to expand is through the proclamation of a message. Um, and that means the call of all of Jesus' people is to be witnesses, right? It's really easy to be like, yeah, we value witnesses if... If there's a pre- a preacher out there, like yeah, that's a good job to have, um, but that's not my job. No, like it's it's a call to all the disciples is to go out and tell people what they've experienced. Um, you know, sometimes it's super in your facey, like hey, you're the person that killed Jesus if you're next to the people that crucified him, but it's everybody's sins that did. Um, sometimes it's you know more gentle it it depends on who you're talking to what what you need to say to them um but it's just a really helpful reminder of the church is growing there's no stopping it like the freight train has left the station it's barreling forward and we want to get on board with the kingdom that wins we want to be fully engaged there as a witness um so maybe, maybe one of the things we'll talk about later, or we'll just think about, um, is what do, you, what do you think about that? I know it's super common to be like, hey, tell your friends about Jesus, right? Like nobody's surprised by that application. But when Jesus says, my kingdom's going to move forward, and if you want to be part of it, like this is our job description, this is what citizens do, it's a great thing to be able to testify of Jesus's victory. Um, not just for professionals. I mean, it's super encouraging. Maybe it's not encouraging. I think it's encouraging. But like the first, do you know who the first guy that died for his faith as a Christian was? Yeah. 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 Through all the guests. Yeah, Stephen. Stephen. Stephen one of Jesus 12 apostles now can you name up we're not gonna do that because you're gonna miss one I'm, gonna, I, I'm praying part in here like the first guy that died first faith wasn't one of the professionals it was Stephen you know the first guy to share the gospel with the Gentile okay we're getting to the next point who's the guy that moved Christianity from just the Jews to the Gentiles not Peter not Paul Philip. Was Philip one of the twelve? No. Like, a lot of the movements are happening, not with the professionals, but just with, you know, you guys, right? The the people that are in Jesus' church, being faithful, are doing great things for Jesus. So we see, you know, one of the calls of the book of Acts is to be witnesses. Wear witnesses to the whole world. Which, like, this is this is a hard point to teach and to listen to because like nobody thinks this is shocking um in, in the early church the fact that the gospel was for the entire world was mind-blowing um because christianity thought like if you want to be jewish if you want to worship the jewish god our god you become a jew right if you want to become you know immigrate into our country you can be. Then you can come to the temple, you can offer sacrifices, but like you, you got to become a Jew to worship in a Jewish kind of way. And then Jesus comes and he says, yeah, I'm here for the Jews. I'm here for the Gentiles, the non-Jews. I'm here for everyone. And, and this just blew people's minds. So there, there's actually this crisis that happens. Um, so Philip, the Ethiopian eunuch was the first uh, Gentile that we see, but then you get Peter, you know, he's at Cornelius's. Yeah. No, he's at Simon. Simon is Tanner's house. And, uh, he's at Simon's house. Cornelius, a God-fearing Jew has a dream. He says, Hey, go and find Peter. He has something to tell you about Jesus, right? And at the same time, Peter's over here, he's having a dream, a blanket full of bacon comes down from the sky and God's like, eat it. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. no, 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 no. Like we don't, we don't do shrimp and bacon here, bacon wrapped shrimp. Like that's, that's not kosher. And, and Jesus in the dream says, Hey, don't call something unclean that I've made clean. Like enjoy this bacon, bacon wrapped shrimp. Um, and so Peter's like, that was a weird dream, but apparently God wants me to do stuff that I didn't know I could do. And then knock, knock, knock. Hey, can you come tell this Gentile about Jesus? I'm, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, yeah, let's go. And Peter's like, okay, cool your jets. Like, why don't you stay the night? It's late. We'll get up. We'll have brunch in the morning, pack up, maybe go for a jog, and then we'll go, right? So he drags his feet, goes and tells Cornelius about Jesus. And he's like, finally, you're here. Thanks for the message. Um, yeah, I want to worship Jesus. And the church in Jerusalem finds out. And they're like, so you're, you're sharing the gospel with uh, Gentiles now, are we? What, don't, don't you think they should become Jewish first? And there's this whole big uh, council. It's called the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15. Um, yeah, we can read it. And the apostles and the elders were gathered together and considered this. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up to them and said, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, just as they will. And all the assembly fell quiet, and they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related the signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they were finished speaking, James replied, Brothers, listen to me. So Peter's argument is like, why are you saying that only Jews can be saved? Like, God sent me to them. God bore witness through me. God gave them the Holy Spirit. So you want to, like, are you going to say God can't do this? Is that what this is about? This is our rules versus God. God always wins. We're saved by faith, not anything of our works. So are they. Like, what's the problem? Listen, even in the Old Testament, God wants the whole world to be saved. He wants his kingdom to expand worldwide. Um, Back in whenever we dealt with Abraham, that was probably April, not April, August, September. Um, It was this promise, hey, through you, I'm going to bless you so the whole world can be blessed. That's coming to fruition. Um, It's kind of this picture that, uh, you know, the faith starts with Ruth, you can't really see that, with like Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, and it grows up through Israel, but then once it branches, like even in the Old Testament you have like the Ninevites and Jonah's day and Ruth and Jethro and Rahab, all of these Gentiles coming in on the branches. And then you have, you know, your Jewish disciples, Peter and Timothy and Paul. And then you have these branches of New Testament Gentiles, Cornelius and the Ethiopian eunuch. And like, the, yeah, the faith started with the Jewish patriarchs. That's the roots. And that's been the trunk of the tree, but now it's branching. It's, it's like a mustard seed, right? It starts tiny, you plant it, but then it's the biggest tree in your garden. Um, and that's always been God's plan which means god's plan has always been the like nobody's jewish right okay i thought that was a safe bet to save people like us and this is like indoor plumbing right do you know how many people die every day because they don't have clean water it's a lot it's one of the number one humanitarian crises in the world still right when's the last time you praise god for indoor plumbing right like we never think of it because it's just so normal like maybe if we grew up in, I have no idea when it was invented you know if your great great grandma didn't have a sink or a bathroom like maybe she's excited about indoor plumbing because she actually gets to take a shower which she didn't but like we've always had it it's not exciting it's a pain when you know the water main bursts like it does every year when we lose water um We just assume it's always been like that but that's far from the truth when we get a bigger picture of history we should get excited and praise god that his message of the kingdom is for the whole world right so appreciate that it's reached you that you don't have to be jewish you don't have to immigrate to the nation of israel which is hard to do in some periods of time to be a christian Um, but this also means that unlike for peter who wanted it the other way in the in a jerusalem council like there's no place in the kingdom for what prejudice racism or like this super patriotism that says like america's great everybody else is awful um we have multicultural families right like you guys china you guys from i mean not from haiti you grew up here but like you're families in Haiti, where maybe you guys get this a little bit more. I mean, Tim, do you still have family in Taiwan or is everybody? Are you guys all in America? Or are you still reaching over borders? I have, I have, um, some little remnant. Okay. An aunt and a cousin, that's it. Okay. So, Maybe it's easier for people that aren't just like born and raised in Michigan like I am to to see that hey, Christianity's a little bit bigger than what's going on in America, right like we 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 have this habit of going to Acts one and we see like, all right, Jerusalem is where am I even looking Jerusalem is commerce, let's call it Oakland County, right. And Judea and Samaria is like Michigan or the US. And the ends of the earth is like how about China, right? So like let's go to the ends of the earth. You know what Jerusalem meant when Jesus said it? You know what he was referring to? Jerusalem, Jerusalem right? And Judea and Samaria. So when where's America? We're the ends of the earth. Like we're the 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 proof that jesus kingdom is victorious we're not jerusalem jerusalem's jerusalem we're not judea or samaria we're we're these guys um we need to remember that like when you come to the tree like we're not we're not the main what do you call that trunk we're not the roots we're these branches that have come in late in the story that that god still loves us his own children. But we shouldn't be arrogant about it. Like, oh, America, a Christian nation. Whether or not that's true is irrelevant. Um, and, man, poor people in Africa, they, they should be as good as us, and maybe God would bless them. Like, there's no place for that. We're, we're the poor people at the ends of the earth. Um, but that doesn't mean, like, the call to the ends of the earth has ended, right? Like, there's still this. This is why we care about missionaries in haiti and china and you know poland and little rock and detroit and i feel like we have another missionary somewhere japan, japan. yeah that's that's a place um that's why we support missions this is why you know hopefully some of you guys do missions either long term or short term when you're able because the kingdom goes to the whole wide world by the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's interesting. The the method Jesus has for growing his kingdom is preaching, proclamation. The, The area it goes to is the whole world. The power of it, you know, the army, the way that Jesus gains victory is through his word and his Holy Spirit. So all throughout the book of Acts, we see the Spirit. In fact, I mean, what did Jesus say to wait for in Jerusalem before you go and be my witnesses? He said, wait until what? The yeah, the Holy Spirit comes. So you're not going to do any good until the Holy Spirit gets here. So wait for him. He's coming. You have Acts 2, the flame of fire, the wind, the, the voices or the tongues. Um, and throughout the book, we have the Spirit doing a ton of stuff. So like Stephen, as he was being killed, Acts 7, is empowered by the Holy Spirit to suffer well. Uh, you have guys in prison, empowered by the Spirit. <clears throat> or usually before the sermons, Acts 4, full of the Holy Spirit, he said, Acts eight twenty nine. The Spirit says to Philip, hey, go talk to this Ethiopian eunuch. Tell him about Jesus from the book of Isaiah. It's the work of the Spirit. The, the proclamation comes by the Spirit. Um, There's community, right? So in the end of Acts 2, you know, every day they were hearing the apostles teaching. They were breaking bread and and sharing their lives together. This was a work of the Holy Spirit. Or, you know, Acts 6, hey, some of the widows aren't being fed. We need somebody to serve the tables. What kind of person can feed widows? A man who's filled with the Holy Spirit. That's who you need to find. Um... Or, you know, the Spirit gives the signs and wonders, like the speech in Acts 2, verse 4. Um, the, the Spirit is the one that's doing everything. And we get kind of weird when it comes to the Holy Spirit, right? Um, but unless the Spirit is there, there's no power happening to expand the church. Like, You can preach as much as you want but without the spirit empowering the message which he always does you don't do much um so so we see like in the book of acts the spirit's ministry is absolutely essential for the growth of god's kingdom um and john jesus says it's to your advantage that i'm going away which is hard to believe right jesus says hey i'm peacing out of here But this is good. Anybody find that hard to believe? Like, if you could have your current situation, if you're a Christian, with the Holy Spirit, or you could be, you know, you sit here, Jesus is there, which one are we picking? You want the Holy Spirit, or you want Jesus himself? Yeah, like, our gut instinct is like, I think, like, I think Jesus is slightly better because, like, he's Jesus. Like, it's not, hey, you should believe in Jesus. He died 2,000 years ago and you've never seen him. It's like, hey, have you met my buddy Jesus? And, like, he walks across the pool or something. And, like, everyone believes. But, but Jesus says, no, 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 no. It's actually better for you if I leave and the Spirit comes to you. Um, if I don't ascend to heaven, the Spirit won't come. But if I go, then I'll send them to you. And this is to your advantage. Like, I'm telling the truth. Not that Jesus could lie, but it's like, listen, this is true. The Spirit coming and me leaving is the better option for you. His, his ministry is absolutely essential. Because one of the things the Spirit does is he gives us the grace and the power when we need it for whatever we're doing, right? Right. Um, and talking to his uh, disciples in Luke 12, Jesus says, like, hey, they're going to arrest you. Like, That's just going to happen. But when they do, don't be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you shall say, because the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you should say. The thing about the Holy Spirit is he always gives the power when you need it, not beforehand. Um, so... There's a lot of times where I'm like, I don't think I could deal with this. Like, I don't, you, you read all the stories of martyrs and stuff. It's like, and he was singing praises as he was being burnt at the stake. And I'm like, I grabbed some oatmeal out of the microwave this morning without a pot holder. And like, it was terrible. And like, I don't, if I can't grab a bowl of oatmeal, I don't think I could be burned to death. But that's because the Spirit hasn't given me the power to die by being burnt at the stake right the power comes in that very hour right then the holy spirit works he doesn't give you this power up front like oh yeah i can do anything because i'm great now he says constantly depend on me and i will constantly supply everything that you need um and not only that like the spirit himself is god um so Ella asked the, the question yesterday, I think, of, so she wants to know where everybody's at. And so after we spent the, the weekend with, like, your parents and your parents and at the elders retreat, she's like, where's Pastor Jeff and Courtney? And they are like, they're at their house. Like, where's Pierre?" He's at his house. Where's God? And we're like, that's a great question to ask. Um. <laughs> and Chris, he's in, he- well, he's, he's in heaven at his house, but he's also, hey, Dan, Dan, Ella wants to talk to you. I'm like making dinner or something. I'm like, God's everywhere. It's, like, I don't want God to be everywhere. He needs to be somewhere. Because like, yeah, that in your mind, like, yes, like Jeremy is somewhere. Gavin is somewhere. Even, you know, where's Yuma, my sister's dog? He's at Allison's house. Like, Yuma is somewhere, but God's everywhere? Like, that doesn't quite fit. But I'm like, no, 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 no. This is a really, really good thing because, I mean, we had this conversation in bed as well of, you know how you want mom to sleep with you, but she can't sleep with you right now because she's helping Asher? Yeah. Well, because God is everywhere, it's not because God's helping someone else. He can't help you. Like, God can help you whenever you need his help because God is everywhere. If God's, you know, it's not like God's busy at Quinn's house helping her. And like, hey, after the change, we're only like two miles away. Can you come over to our house? God? No, like God's here. He can help you whenever you need it. By the Holy Spirit, I mean, God's with every believer, with every citizen of his kingdom. And he's always there so that we can actually enjoy communion with God, having his power and having him expand the kingdom through us. Um, A lot of us don't really, because the spirit's kind of weird to us, we don't appreciate him and worship him and desire him. But the book of Acts reminds us we need to believe and desire the spirit. Um, so, so here's the book of Acts in a nutshell, right? The king, king Jesus advances his kingdom through proclamation to the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so the kingdom advances. Jesus wins. His, his kingdom is victorious. Not, you know, without its difficulties. I think a couple of the sermons, you have you know, Peter preaches, 3,000 people get saved. That's the first one. The next one, they preach and they're thrown in prison. A couple times you preach and there's revival and new churches. Sometimes you preach and you run out of town. Um, but Jesus keeps building. He keeps growing his kingdom. It expands like the mustard seed into a massive tree in ways that we don't quite understand. Um, and part of the the way that the church expanded and grew and stayed healthy was some of the apostles, when they couldn't preach in person, they would send letters to the church helping, answering questions about the gospel, about Jesus. Um, Trying to explain, okay, if this is true, then how should we live? And when we come back in a couple weeks in April, we'll deal with the letters for two weeks talking about, okay, so if the gospel message is true, explain it in more depth than Jesus died and rose again okay hold up like give me an explanation of how this works and then how should we live if that is true we get the explanation of the kingdom and the ethics of the kingdom um before then you guys have any have any questions about the early church the book of Acts? anything that we've talked about so far chloe does So it's an interesting question because it could go two ways. It could be what's the most important thing in the book of Acts, which I think I hit, or what's the most important thing for us? And I would say the most important thing for you guys is the encouragement from Acts that Jesus wins, right? That the kingdom expands. There's lots of opposition to it, um, you know, the Acts 5 sermon with Peter being thrown in prison and then coming back and preaching and then being arrested again. And like Peter preaches and then after that, um, after that sermon, when they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill him. So it's like, hey, you can preach and be thrown in prison or you can be preached and be killed. And it's easy to think that Jesus' kingdom is legitimate but not all-encompassing and all victorious right it's easy to think that yeah there's always going to be christians but we're just this weird sect of society like once you get out of christian schools and homeschooling and kind of the church environment like the world is doing its own thing and we're just kind of in the corner over here. And as long as we don't bug them too much and they don't bug us too much, like we'll live our own way. And it's it's fine. Um, I think the book of acts says that's not the right way to think about this. The book of acts says there's cities whose entire economic structure like Ephesus is built around, um, Princess, not Princess Diana, the goddess Diana. Um, she was a, a, you know, one of the Roman, Greek go, Roman gods. Um, and there's a big temple to her there, and they worshipped her. And P- Paul goes in, he preaches the gospel, and people get saved. And like the people at the little trinket stands outside the temple are mad because nobody's buying their Diana souvenirs. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I sell silver statues of goddess Diana, and now I can't feed my family because you guys aren't letting us worship her anymore. And they try and kill them, right? But the gospel has the power to turn entire cities on its head, not just because people are, you know, being saved and not lying to their neighbors anymore, but because Jesus' kingdom invades ours, and generally through peaceable means. Like... Legal means it turns people away from their sin and towards worshiping Jesus and it expands and grows and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And by the time you get to the end of the book of Acts, like we're in Rome, we're in the center of the universe and the gospel is about to go insane and take over, reaching all the way up to, depending on how you want to view history, maybe the most powerful man in the world. Um, Or maybe it was just a political move but that's beside the point like like the gospel has power it's going forward so don't be don't be ashamed of being a christian don't be convinced like i'm not going to give this up but i'm going to stay quiet because like i don't want to be the guy on the wrong side of history and just going against everything that the world throws at me because the message of Acts is, yeah, you're gonna be the guy on the wrong side of history until history ends and you'll see, no, 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 no. This kingdom's where it's at. These ones are all temporary, but Jesus' kingdom wins. Oh, what would you say, Tim? Is that would you give me a different answer?